Hey everyone, this is the Hurricane Labs InfoSec podcast. This is the IoT, but why though? Episode. But why though? <laughs> uh, I'm Kelsey, your host, I guess, and marketing person. That's the only reason she's here. <laughs> I'm uh, Tim. I do things and stuff. I built the Splunk app for Nest along with uh, my buddy Ryan, who wasn't able to join us today. Uh, I'm Rob Hooven, and I'm a SOC analyst here, and I pretend to know what's bad and good on the internet, and then tell people about it. My name is Josh Silvestro, I'm also a SOC analyst, and that's all I've got. Awesome. So, I need to get this out of the way. Um, I'm wondering why I would want a smartwatch, because I see people wearing them, and to me it kind of just makes me feel like they want more things beeping at them and alerts for the super important things going on in their lives. But maybe I'm wrong. It's just a faster way to know what you can ignore. You know, I'm going to tend to agree with that. Uh, I had a Moto 360 for a while, and in all honesty, it didn't improve my life in any capacity. I still had to pull up my phone out of my pocket to respond to a text or an email or whatever. Great, now I have it on my wrist. I could have just waited for a vibration. It's, I mean, it's purely a convenience factor. I mean, I had Pebble Smartwatch. It was the first one out. Um, there were some things like you're in the summer, you're swimming in the pool. It's waterproof. I can get text calls. You know, something happens and I'm swimming. You know, how important it is, I don't know. Um, walking out from dinner in winter, I could start my car from it. You know, it's not just purely text messages. I mean, there's medical benefits you know some hospitals doctors stuff like that now use it for health tracking which you know to do studies long-term stuff and on a similar but different scale lots of workplaces now have people or require employees to wear um, Fitbits and, and different smart devices you know to get discounts on their health plans so, I mean there's there's multiple applications but so the, the Fitbit idea is you know th that's a device that's got useful um, you know, that's useful for people, like has an obvious benefit. Uh, incorporating that into the watch increases the benefit of the watch, but uh, unless there's a compelling app use for it, then I'm not sure if I see the, the benefit. I have seen a couple of really good apps that are um, like there's these uh, security authentication things that when you log into the website, it pushes a notification to your mobile device that you have to say yes or no. Uh, some of those are probably useful. It pops up on your watch, you either say yes or no. Um, but the fact that I can't respond to a text message, um, there, I did see one of the smart watches you can actually like talk to it like a Dick Tracy watch. I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. I, I don't know, I'm an old school Dick Tracy fan, so um, makes me kind of a- That was the uh, Samsung Gear S, right? Because I, I had one of those. It, it had its own SIM card. It had a mic and everything. And you could run voice commands you know, from it, that kind of thing. Stuff's always changing, though. When the first iPhone came out, everyone was like, who really needs that? And remember, it came with, what, like seven apps? You could do a, a calculator, make a phone call, and, and send messages, and, and stuff well, evolved. The, the, the iPhone was a little bit more obvious that that this was a big thing, sure. right? Because it, it was the iPod and, and the, the full web browser, not the stupid mobile <laughs> whatever that crap was that we had before. Windows Mobile. Now, see... Josh, on your point about the the whole health coverage, healthcare industry thing with the smartwatch, I don't think a, a full-on smartwatch is necessary for that, but something like the Microsoft Band, or I think Razer made one too, that's literally just like a Fitbit. It doesn't do like the texting and the, the phone notification thing, but it still does all the health So monitoring. my wife has actually one of the Fitbits that 
when she gets a text message, it shows who the text message is from. If she gets a phone call, it at least shows her who it is so that she knows whether she has to take the phone out of her purse or, or, or go find it wherever she set it down in the house, that kind of thing. So, you know, those kinds of things probably are useful. Um, my, my biggest problem with the smart watches is, is very, very few of them actually look like a good watch. Like all of these smart features are cool and all, but if I can't tell the stinking time on it, what the right. wh what what? <laughs> right, yeah. Like the interfaces are clunky. They're, they're the, terrible. The, the custom-made watch faces that you can get from other people online are just. It looks like yeah. a, it looks like a ten-dollar yeah. Casio. Right. Like if I want a ten-dollar Casio, I'm not going to spend three hundred dollars on it. Sure. You know, but they're they're getting better. They're getting smaller. I mean, the first watches were thicker. Now they're progressively thinner. They're, they're, they're definitely. They're, they're starting to look more. People are saying, "Hey, we don't want it to look." not like a watch. We want it to look like a watch and have more functionality, which more and more smartwatches are. Right, and I, and I don't want it to look like a luxury watch either. Like, I, but why? I don't, I'm not... <laughs> but why though? Exactly. <laughs> but why though? <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I'm not a luxury you guy. Don't want it, you don't want your $300 smartwatch to look like a $10,000 Rolex? <laughs> no. I do. Yeah. I want my Kia to look like a freaking McLaren. But... <laughs> it doesn't. Oh right. What, a McLaren P1? Sure. Oh, yes. Okay. I need to throw Anything. a light disclaimer in here. If we drop any bombs, um, I'm going to throw in a no editing vulgarity disclaimer. I'm probably not going to be doing a lot of editing, so if you hear any bad words, I apologize personally. This podcast <laughs> rated M for mature. <laughs> not valid in Australia. Right. Should um, we list all the words we're going to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. So for our not-so-tech-savvy people, um, what does IoT or the Internet of Things, what does that actually mean? So what we'll be talking about today is um, IoT, right? Internet of Things. This is the smart devices that are becoming more and more ubiquitous. Um, connectivity is starting to be built into more and more things that connect directly to the internet um, and uh, can can com communicate and coordinate to do all kinds of different actions. You've got light bulbs, you've got watches that we just talked about, um, you've got uh, uh, your refrigerator that they keep trying to push, which is so dumb. <laughs> you've got um, ovens are starting to do it, um, your furnace has things that will allow it to connect to the internet, um, smoke alarms, um, your remote control now is internet connected, your TV is internet connected, your cable box is internet connected, even some things that don't currently connect to the wall. Books are already connected to the internet. <laughs> All kinds of things. Pretty soon your couch is going to be connected to the internet to like tell you to get off your butt and it, go exercise you've been sitting too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, that sounds amazing. It's going to coordinate with your Fitbit, and your Fitbit's going to be running around because you connected it to the dog, and your couch is going to be like, bullshit, that guy's sitting on, the, on his ass. Yeah. And then it's going to clear all the bad food out of your fridge. You'll yeah. really be screwed. Smart fridge. <laughs> and suddenly you get an automated call from your doctor's office. Sir, your blood work is in. <laughs> you've been eating an awful lot of dog food. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So we're going to be talking about the 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 good, what little there is, and and the bad. And the creepy is it creepy? And, and the creepy. There's a lot. There, there is, is a lot, is a lot, lot of, of creepy. There's a ton yeah. of creepy to this. Yeah, and it's um it's estimated by 2020 that there will be, you know, over 50 billion things connected to the internet or or you know however many. But 
Um, what do you guys think about the sneaky opt-in for various things that, I mean, manufacturers are going to put chips in everything, um, and they're going to make it really easy for them to opt you into things and are, kind of are you difficult. referencing that line at the bottom of the EULA that no one ever reads? Yeah. Yes. That one? Sure. The, the, the mm -hmm. scroll sure. down and click next yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. They'll see if they put the disclaimer at the bottom, hey, we're going to collect all this data on you, nobody would ever click. Are you right. sure? Because think about you know, even Facebook app it was one or two years ago where everyone got upset about it, you know, taking a look at your contacts, all of your information. I mean, 90% of people ignored it until it went viral on Facebook that you should not be using the Facebook mobile app, you know? Yeah, well, and think about it, though, everybody's still using the Facebook mobile app. It's still collecting the exact same data. The right. only difference is now they tell you about it, and nobody still knows. Nobody still cares. Right. right. Well, and, you know, I think that comes back to the, the simple fact that the general populace has no idea what to do as far as securing themselves. What are you talking about? Security people have no idea what to, to do. You're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. We're all on Facebook. Yes. Right? But only with coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> How much data are you going to find that you're not going to find analyzing Josh's profile or your profile? Well, I already know everything about you. No, well, there's not much to know. <laughs> that's adorable. So, I mean, that's that's what's really hard for the industry. I mean, I remember back when we were harping on, you know, let's let's kill Flash, yeah. right? A couple of years ago, we were trying to tell everybody you need to uninstall Flash and uninstall Java because because they're they're security concerns. Nobody in the room install uninstalled Java. Nobody in the room uninstalled Flash because you needed it to do your well, job. Right on a daily basis. It was impractical to do, and yet we're trying to tell the, the public that this is what you should be doing. We they don't need, care, they're not going to. Yeah, so, so you, you think about that, and then you think about 50 billion devices that are all different. They're all architected differently. They all have different security concerns. Some might have uh, weak default passwords. Some might have strong default passwords, but they're still default passwords. Some might have some random vulnerability that if you send a certain uh, you code to it, it'll unlock your entire house. You know, you get into the, the Mr. Robot scenario where the woman with the smart house had the smart house attack her, go crazy on her. You know, lights blinking, garage door going up and down. And what are we as an industry going to be able to tell these people to do? How am I going to communicate to that, that to my grandma? Right. I can't say, hey, grandma, sure. go buy this enterprise-grade firewall and implement it and, and put the the the, the you know, throw the defaults out the window, make sure you have a block any any outbound on there. Nobody's going to be able yeah, to so do that. Right. So I've got a similar setup at home. You know, I'm running a UTM, and but it's not practical. It's not something I could, as you said, your grandma, my mom, like I couldn't say, hey, go do this. You know, I have a segregated network. I have VLAN set up. I have all the traffic dropped except for one thing for my SmartThings hub to get out, you know, but it, it prevents other things from coming and going. And it's, it's not practical. Um, I know that Bitdefender is working on a box actually to place mm -hmm. on your network um, could kind of do some IDS IPS stuff and, and try to be that smart home solution um, the problem is like they're the only ones trying to do and even then it's 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 pretty vague I mean people have firewalls now people have stuff now and they still get uh, all kinds of issues because at the end of the day users are the biggest issues no matter what things you put in place yeah, and see, that takes me back to one of the other major issues that we're, we're going to end up getting to with Internet of Things is the cost. I have to now spend $200 to secure my, you know, $250 uh, thermostat, my $150, $300 watch, my, you know, now it's just inflating the cost of, a, of an already inflated industry. 
but it's a, it's a convenience industry, right? So you want the convenience, there's additional cost. You, okay, no one here has the, to have smart But what's things. the convenience? Because in my perspective, the question is not whether or not you should put something on the internet. It's why do you want to? Well, so then from my perspective... Why do you need or want your toaster on the internet? How much do you love your dog? <laughs> I mean, so from my perspective, sun, you know, sun goes down. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? How much do you I love your dog? Are you putting dog. your dog in the oven? What are you doing? And it's an internet-connected dog oh, oven. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it tells okay. me when she has to poop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She doesn't have to let me know anymore. Notification on my wrist. Baking uh, pies. No, okay. I mean, it, it's... From you know, from a home, per there's tons of internet of things as, as Tim said earlier. Everything you know, there's there's so many things now. But in a home sense, so you know, I have smart things at home. The sun goes down. I have a light kick on the front, and we've got dogs, so dogs have lights on. I come in the front door, my light automatically turns on. In it is purely convenience. But if I'm walking in with groceries, kick open the door, my entry light turns on, my hallway light turns on. You're carrying stuff down to the laundry room. You know, lights come on and off. Or if it there's no movement for a while it turns the lights off so it does save you some energy it saves you some well things, and then you know? so like like we mentioned earlier it's, it's coordination between the things also like correct you walk in your house your lights come on now your thermostat knows your home and all of that stuff and, okay and one but, last thing on that is so then i have a contractor that needs to swing by my house to do some work and i don't want to give him a key i don't want to leave him a code to the door he can call me when he gets there i can disable my alarm i can undo the lock let him in and, and you know when he leaves he had no actual access that he can use to get back in you know I, I get a notification on my phone if someone's there that shouldn't be I mean it's sure sure I mean I, I can see the yeah. convenience side of it but why do these things necessarily have to have internet why can't they be self-contained in your land? so so we tried that right so we tried that we had X10 we had Insteon we had Z-Wave we had Zigbee so the, the way that those worked was they were they were self-contained protocols with with you know you know different signaling and different things that they different capabilities right, yeah like the fuse or the the Philips Hue light bulbs only talk on this protocol to each other yeah kind of, of. Gotcha. yeah and, and so the problem there was one is that uh, you were really limited in what you can do with some of the protocols some could only be on or off you know things like that and then you had to have a separate device to connect them all together that device was connected to the internet anyway so that you could control it from any the, so the point the thing that makes them connected is so that you can control them from anywhere mainly from your smart device your, that you have in your pocket anyway um, which is another convenience thing uh, if if I've got this box that speaks the specific protocol of the things in my house. Then I need another box that only that speaks that specific protocol to control them, right? So then, what does that look like? Most of the time, that was this clunky box with a bunch of buttons. Sometimes it was a, a little screen that had different things. But then you had to configure that screen to do various things. And on the little screen, that's hard to do. So now you okay, what what makes sense as a user interface for this? Well, how about we put a web page in our hub? that we can use the computer, get on the web interface, and configure it all. And once you bring in a web browser to it, now it has to be connected. Now you've got things like your car starting to connect to, to, to everything also, right? So that when you pull into your house, your car can automatically tell your garage door to open. When you get up in the morning, you can you know, have your, your coffee pot automatically make your pot of coffee. And then once you're done drinking the coffee, then it can start your car. With the Tesla, the car will even pull itself out of your garage 
and it'll be sitting in your driveway for you to just get in and drive off. Have See, you seen that's, that? That's unnecessary. See, that's not unnecessary. That, that is amazing. You know, you I'm, not, I'm, not dis- I'm not saying that it isn't cool. It's just unnecessary. But, but you <laughs> no, know, no, no. Have you seen people? Have, you've never seen my wife try to pull out of a drive, pull out oh, of the garage. Yeah. I like how you're bringing your wife in. <laughs> I'm just Does saying. she know this is happening? Yeah, now, now that it's she will record. never hear this podcast. <laughs> Next podcast, my ex-wife. Hang on, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> See, the but, but, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now sleeping in the podcast. <laughs> so, so, you know, it is an convenience, but until you've, if, until you've had that convenience, you know, I purely wanted the things because I wanted them, right? I think they're cool. My girlfriend said, these are, these are stupid. Like, it doesn't make sense, so on and so forth. And then we get to the point now where she walks somewhere and the light bulb doesn't turn. She's like, what the heck? Because it's just so convenient, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to, to be fair, I, I'm... I'm just playing devil's advocate. I completely agree with you. Most of these devices are dumb. Yes. They say that they're smart, but they're not. They're dumb. Look at all the smart ovens that are out there. Even the ones built into the high-end ranges like GE or whatever, they're dumb. The one that Josh was putting his dog in, is that the one? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, 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 hey, the ones that GE are, are doing is, is marginally better, but the first quote-unquote smart ovens that were on the market were were basically glorified toaster ovens. They weren't big enough to put a freaking cookie sheet in. They sat on your counter and took up more counter space that you don't have. And what did it do? It didn't, I mean, all it did was have a camera in it and it could tell you what you're cooking. Like, I know what I'm cooking. I know what I, I just put that in there. I just put these Stouffer's French breads in there. We are not sponsored by Stouffer's. <laughs> <laughs> I just put these Aww. in here. I don't need I my can, phone to tell me that I, I did I can read that. the box, okay. right? The right, box says right. 20 minutes on this temperature. But, I put it in for 20 minutes But that's minutes also why those and I said smart here, stoves are, smart stoves aren't they're not huge, right? Like when right. someone well, says but the problem, it's the joke, but, but not the, everyone's buying them. The problem is though that they, that they're 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 missing they're, they're, they completely miss the mark, right? What I want is my range, right? My standalone oven range stove thing to tell me when it's done preheating and to preheat it from remotely. Yours doesn't like, I don't, need. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mine. Now it, it's, it's not a smart oven. <laughs> It has this little chime that tells me when it's done for you. It's got a little beep. Okay, but what if I'm in the can? <laughs> what if I'm what if I'm calling a man about a horse? <laughs> you're probably not gonna stop what, what you're doing to go throw your French bread in, right? <laughs> Still gonna I'll, wait. So I You'd be surprised. I have, I have to throw I have to throw a little plug in here because Tim did write a four piece uh, blog series called Confessions of a Consumer IoT Skeptic. So he goes even more in depth in this rant, so, and I'll put that yes, in the show it, it, so it's a little for everybody. Bit, it's a little bit more coherent, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, okay. So with the, you know, connected devices in your home, light bulbs, whatever, what can hackers do with this stuff? I mean, I, I get so, the car, the connected cars. You know, they can make you drive off a road, whatever. But in your home, what what are they looking for? What can they do? <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I want to reference again, there was an episode of Mr. Robot. Great, great, great TV Fantastic show. Fantastic show. Fantastic. Also not one of our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> we are not sponsored by USA or any affiliates thereof. Actually, we have no sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, so, so... And if we did, we wouldn't for long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but in this episode, the, the, the entire house basically went crazy, right? Um, let's take the light bulbs It's a good example. You can turn the lights on, you can turn the lights off. In the middle of the night, if i am got the light on because I'm, you know, going to the bathroom and somebody turns off the lights in my house, man, I got a mess to clean up there. <laughs> I can't aim in the dark. Um, 
the the oven i don't want somebody to turn on my oven when i'm not home and then leave it on for four hours and start a fire in my house my uh my tv you know if i'm recording the the super bowl i want to get the whole super bowl <laughs> not when the when lady gaga jumped off the not then not i then. heard the browns were looking to recruit her um. <laughs> <laughs> the lights going off and on probably isn't the, the end of the world but Things like, like I said, the smart oven. You could, you could start a fire in your house. You know, you could, uh, or, or the. I, I don't even want to use this as an example because the smart refrigerator pisses me off so bad. Stop trying to make the smart refrigerator happen. It isn't gonna happen. <laughs> but but oh I want to remotely fill a cup with ice. His <laughs> face, his face is turning red. Everybody simmer down. But get this boy a value. The, the 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 benefits that they tout is that it can automatically buy things at the store that you need. That's tied to my credit card. If I hack that, now I can make the make your credit card buy me milk at the store and make you spend money for me. Did you have something to add? Oh, I was gonna say from that same you know, I mean some of those things, who knows one day, right? You never know. It's unlikely someone's gonna try to turn your oven up and burn your house down and and so on and so forth, but you know, looking at the practicality you have different of different enemies than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but looking at the practicality of what could happen, it, I presume someone breaking into my house and stealing something is probably not smart enough to do it. But you know, 20 years from now, maybe anyone that's used or knows anything about smart locks and security, I mean, they almost always broadcast their own um, technology. You know, Zigbee, Z-Wave, whatever it is. But essentially, it's a wireless signal that's always ongoing and there's plenty of demonstrations out there someone can jump on there and hack it and and unlock your door disable your alarm and the last thing on you know practicality and stuff is if you open up my smart things app right now because uh, my girlfriend and i take advantage of the presence sensors you can look and see josh and mel aren't home you know like you can you know there's the old hey watch is there a car sitting outside your house every day maybe they're waiting to see what time you go to work if so you were smart enough, you could literally just life. you could get a notification yeah. mm -hmm. that Josh is gone and you know go for it, right? I mean, if you really wanted to look at it this way, you're actually just making the NSA's job even easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I mean, if, you, if, you don't actually good. have to send you, somebody to your house to watch you and track you for a week when it's everything you are and use is talking over the internet to send your data wherever it pleases. Well, and that's the scary thought if you start thinking about you know dystopian government dull stuff and there's a lot of that talk going we, on right we, are, now. we are which is a definite clear possibility given the recent and current administrations we're going to steer clear politics right yes now. we are so Agreed. next up religion right along <laughs> oh perfect well, well okay. no but see and and, and you know, we're, we're church, still not church. talking politics or religion i'm going to repeat <laughs> All right, moving but, along. So how is InfoSec different for IoT than other systems? Is it because it's more complex? It's both because it's more complex and because it's more simple. Um, the devices are simpler, they can do less, and they have less um, access available. So if, if a device, uh, one of these IoT devices, were to have some weak default password in, uh, included in them, it's not easy for me to go in there and, and fix that as a, if it were on a computer. Um, and it's an evolutionary thing, right? So computers, if you go back decades, you know, there wasn't tons of security. You just had programmers and developers programming and developing. And then over time, and still to this day, there's tons of issues, right? You know, programmers go to school, do program, but don't necessarily get a security background. So they're not 
properly programming. Uh, it's the same thing. Right now you've got companies such as Samsung you know, or whoever's trying to crank out products and the people developing those products aren't necessarily security people, right? Sure, sure. Well, look at it like this. We just had this big thing with the Mirai botnet, right? We've got all these CCTV cameras that are on the internet from some random Chinese company, whatever, and suddenly you have a botnet controlled by who knows, somewhere, probably in Russia, or China or, or, or China, or Israel, or you know, US some, or some little rock somewhere out <laughs> in the Pacific. Um, they get good internet out there. What, what do I know? <laughs> uh, satellite's perfect out there. Um, so what you effectively have, let's, hypothetical, you have a smart house. You have 30 devices in your house that are all connected to the internet, right? One of those happens to be one of these cameras. It gets infected. Suddenly you have, you're part of the botnet, for one. But two, anybody who knows that that camera is susceptible to these attacks can use that to pivot through your house. Not only can they mess with your oven, mess with your, your toaster, whatever, they could find your printer, they could find your workstations, they could find anything else on your network and do whatever they please with it. So I think from an InfoSec perspective, you're almost introducing the exact same problems a medium-sized business has into your house. So you're increasing your attack surface exactly. is one yeah. thing, and you're creating more pivot points. Exactly. And, and there are devices, as you pointed out, that have known vulnerabilities that have been taken over. Not to mention, those aren't getting fixed. Right, and speaking of printers and you know, talking about like why is it so hard, we haven't been able to secure, again, things that have been around for decades already and right. within the last two or three days um, a hacker hacked or claims they hacked over 150,000 insecure printers. Overflowing? Yeah. That guy is awesome. He hacked he over 150,000. He's doing the Lord's work. No. <laughs> Get your printer off the internet. Get it off the internet. But that's my point. We can't secure printers and then... Me and you right. can. Tim can. Help Kelsey could. <laughs> It's just like when you find a multifunction device at, in a corporate environment that authenticates to AD. Bam! I have a printer that I have the admin account for your domain on, and now I can pivot wherever I want your network from that box. Right. It's, it's overcomplicating simple, basic, personal security. So it's, it's a fundamental thing where every, at, at one point it probably will be, but at this point every professional programming if you're going to be a system administrator, whatever it is, should have some kind of background security, but none of them do. Okay, Absolutely. but there's a fine line between having a background in security and using your head. Common sense is rare. No one's going to dispute that. But not using the highest privilege account is like a no-brainer. There's another thing, right? So you have a, I don't want to say the older, but you've got the senior IT staff who 20 years ago security wasn't an issue, right? A at all. I mean, it was. Sure. But no, no, you're right. 20 less, years ago, less no internet, one was thinking right? about it. Like, not everyone was dialing up with AOL and everything. Like, you know, I mean, it wasn't a thing, so he didn't learn that. And then for 18 years of his career, he, he never he had, had to do security. Well, so, and then, so think, think about think about those challenges, right? Let's think about the challenges of of these, these IT administrators who have been working in the industry for 20 years, having to bust their butt just to keep up with the technology to do their jobs, let alone the security concerns about it, and then correlate that with your grandma having uh, uh, an internet-connected Christmas tree 
right? That you can control the lights and it can play different music and it can sync to the radio and all that stuff. And it's the right? same it's thing. It's the same thing and it's the same challenges and it's up to the security people like you and me to communicate this properly. And that's the difficulty because people suck at talking. <laughs> I've been yes. talking this whole time and I haven't said the dang thing, right? <laughs> so, so we're really good. I'm electing you in 2020. We're, really, we're doing this. We're really, yes. good, we're really good at using words. We're just not really Look, good at it, saying anything. What it comes down to between whether or not we've complicated the infosec situation at home or not, this is going to hold true in my opinion. The path of least resistance is going to be likely to cause the most problems. That's a good way to put it. It's also the most likely to happen. Right. Well, true we need to be doing on a regular basis is calling it out. Well, just need Warning to more people right. and making people aware of it, right? The more, think, think about this, think about in, in the early aughts, right? In about 2002, 2003. Oh man, that flashback mist is rolling in, hang on. Um, <laughs> what, what was the major uh, uh, attack vector? Do we remember about when I was in you high were, school. Like, 12. You were 12. Yeah, the bullies were the biggest attack. <laughs> what year, what year, what year the was jocks. this? Like 2002, 2003, oh, something oh, like that. And that guy that played the tuba. <laughs> um, the, the biggest attack vector was worms, right? Right. So how, right. Did, remember, how did worms propagate, right? They went from computer to computer on the, affecting the whole network and then going and finding another jump point, right? And, and the industry responded by by making computers and systems and the networks and making everything, um, you know, your ISP now has inbound filtering by default. Like there's a whole major response to that. And it happened very quickly and a lot, and, and you guys might be too young to, to, to actually think about it and, and have, have seen that happen. I mean, it was a matter of what, maybe five years before it was it was basically solved. Like we don't have worms happening very often, right? Everybody has antivirus mostly, even your grandma. So I think we're going to start seeing the similar thing happen with with IoT. We're already seeing devices not come with default passwords anymore, not having um, you know the, these these inbound access to the device quite as much. It's mostly talking outbound to the API, things like that. Okay, but why do we have to wait for the first big event to happen before the industry does anything? Because that's that's when the realization sets in, right? So you've got talk about realism. I mean, right? I mean, the three of us, the four of us, can sit here and go, okay, guys, do this, do this, do this, do this. This will solve your problem. Because we're bad at communicating. We're security people. Yeah, we're nerds. Socially Come awkward. on, nobody listens. Nobody, nobody listens. Have you not seen that movie? Oh wait, that's probably before your time too. No, no I've you, seen it. I've seen it. Are you talking about nerd? proactivity versus reactivity? Yes, that exactly but it's because what I'm they're about. because. Putting out fires is fun. It's fun, but it's no, not going to happen to you, right? That's the problem. It's not going to happen to you, and then yeah, it does. There you go. So, right, right. You know, if, if you said, "Hey, every every device in your house you connect to the internet, you will lose ten dollars," people would probably buy less. You know, like if it was going to happen. But when it's like, "Hey, you connect this, and something might happen to you," every single person goes, "Why me?" You know, I make you know, X amount that, of dollars. I'm middle well, class. So like think, I've got nothing think, to okay, lose. So if somebody gets into my Camera's good, right? Because that happened, right? right? If someone gets into my camera, and what nothing do they do? changed. They can, of it. they can, see, they can see my pictures. They can see the pictures of my device. Um, what does it matter? At worst, at worst, I lose the whole device. I have to go buy another one. Right. Till it's an obvious dollars and cents kind of thing, right. they're not going to do anything about it. Do you think, based on that, that the industry sector that is focused on internet connecting all these things actually knows about all this? And they just don't want to be any trans, you know, don't want to have any level of transparency about it. And they're just like, hey, you know what? You should buy this $300 microwave because you can reset the timer on it from work. And people are going to buy it, right? 
Yeah. But do they know that, hey, by the way, that's also hitting 30,000 different ports at random intervals throughout your day and just spamming the internet going, hey, guys, come mess with me. Come mess with but me. What come that, mess but what does that mean to the average Joe? We are piss poor communicating this. How does this affect my grandma? How, How does, does it affect, affect your grandma? How does it affect your grandma? How does okay. it affect your That's what you, that's what you need to communicate to me. You, Tim, go to your grandma and you say, hey, grandma, let's get you a security camera system for your house. For some <laughs> god-awful reason, you grab these $80 Chinese cameras. Because I'm a cheap bastard. We all know <laughs> this. Okay. It's grandma. All right, it's grandma. She'll be fine. <laughs> She'll be fine. Suddenly, somebody gets into that microwave, because she also went out and bought that microwave. Or you bought it for her for Christmas, because you're, you're a great-grandson. You're like, grandma needs this awesome microwave. Somebody gets into that. They pivot to the cameras. Suddenly, they're blackmailing your grandmother, because they saw her, like, getting out of the shower. Not that that would ever happen. But hypothetically, why is there a camera the in the bathroom? What I'm saying God, is, you know? they get a sensitive piece of data about your grandmother via this camera. Okay, so you're talking about the blackmail scenario. Yeah, the blackmail scenario. And now they're suddenly like, hey, we are going to totally trash your life, your son's life, your grandkids' life, everything, unless you, I don't know, make me a Hot Pocket. <laughs> again, know. again, my grandma would offer to make him a hot pocket well, anyway. Right, I mean, and she could do it remotely from her living room. Right? We've got these abstract what ifs. That's like, okay, well, that's easy. I don't point the camera at my grandma's bathroom. Like, it's well, on the outside. Sure, like, sure, it's easy right? to you and so, me. But is Kelsey's friend that just had a? a they're not gonna point it at their grandma's bathroom anyway. You don't know that. No, but see, this is what you I'm saying. Though we're terrible at communicating this. Right, that's a horrible. That's a that's, That's a terrible example. Like every single example that I've heard is, well, you could, well, you could. What if they? Look, and it's all been terrible examples. Nobody can you, tell me why. It, is it going to cost me money? Is it going to physically hurt me? Right. No, probably not. Right. Probably like, not very much money if, if it is. Let's go back. Let's go well, back. Well, probably. That's the thing. Is probably right. We we talk about, <laughs> you know, because only Sith deal in absolutes. No, uh, but I say probably because you know, like. If there's a one in one millionth chance that this could cost me a thousand dollars, I don't care. Right. I, See, take, I do. I, I drive every day. Do you drive? Yeah, and you drive on the road? And that's right. what I was going to say, right? So you, you drive every day. The and there's right. a yeah. There, there's a very good chance that you will get hurt very very badly every sure. single day. Sure. Right. And yet we still do it. But, but let's go back to the... that's a necessary evil. Whereas an internet connected toaster is not. <laughs> uh oh. Let's go. Fingers are. He almost got me in, in the, the eye. Did you see that? <laughs> Let's go. But, but, but it's it's a long right. So if we make this a, a conversation every single day and bad things start to happen in hopefully not 50 years, but in 50 years security will be more of a thing. We hope, right? Go back to automobiles when they first started. There wasn't airbags. There wasn't all these safety precautions. They didn't have to undergo testing, and it wasn't like overnight all of these things happened. It was people died, and someone said, "Hey, your kid wouldn't have died if we put airbags in all of the cars." And then you know, progressing like, "Hey, we found that if." under this age they're not sitting in the front they're less likely to die so it's not like these things happen it's the same thing right unfortunately people died things happen and if there's an actual impact on your life like i don't want my son or daughter to die i need airbags so but there's you, no impact right now with security so are you saying that the improving security on the internet of things will only happen when tens of millions of people die because of it? No, what no. he's saying uh, is... No, he's saying there's... Go ahead. There's got to be impact. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be impact. The it consequence. The consequence. But it doesn't have to be that severe. The and, he said, drive and he said action, it's going to happen sure. slowly, yeah. too, right? If you look at all of the other... Ignore the... the They'll be this, secure when nobody ig wants it anymore. Ignore this cheap security camera company in China who's not changing their product because they're stupid and they're going to go out of business any day, which they would have anyway. 
Um, but all of the other companies in the industry, the industry is actually having this conversation. Right. Right. They're actually thinking about, okay, what happened here and how can I not let it happen to my devices? Right. If that were to happen to a higher profile device by a company like Alphabet that knows what they're doing, you know, Google, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, the, if my Nest Protect, that's supposed to be protecting my house from fire and, and CO2 and all that stuff, gets hacked and I no longer have that protection for my house, that would make me stand up and pay attention. That would make me shout it from the rooftop, hey idiots, you guys got to get off your butts and do something about it. And it would start a much, 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 much bigger conversation than some cheap things from China that, well, yeah, some people probably had it, but it's their fault for being cheap asses. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll agree with that. If you go tell someone that's not in IT, like, hey, your cheap $80 camera is part of a botnet, they're going to say, what was that? They're, they're, they're going to say, what's a botnet? What $80 right. camera are you talking about? <laughs> they're also going to say, well, it was an $80 camera, what did I expect? But but even then, you explain it, and you're going to say, how did it affect me, right? Yeah. Well, it, it didn't, technically. It was used to do other malicious things, and, and they're going to say, so am I in trouble for it? No. Okay. Right? Like, there's no... You do not suffer the consequence. It's the same That's reason true. that when, going back to cars, if you pass a car accident, you go, that sucks, but, whew, you know, must have been driving too fast. <laughs> or maybe they were drinking, right? right? Like, yep. it, it, it wasn't you because it's not going to happen to you. The last Heck, thing I'm curious about, um, does, do IoT devices have benefits for, say, a SOC? Like automation, better decision making, etc. So, or, or do they cause more problems? Because I was asking someone earlier, and he, and he was saying, eh, it's just more problematic, probably. So I'm curious. It's a good question. I, I think initially out the gate, I would say it's probably more problematic, right? So if you're a, you know, in our case, we're doing monitoring, and if, if we're getting alerts for computers, and, you know, the other day I had back-to-back alerts, and what were they for? For iPhones, you know? Mm -hmm. So now you throw in at some point, you know, your smartwatch or whatever starts going out to the internet to grab weird things that your networks, you know, especially business networks not used to. Now here's more alerts for, it's, it's a, the it's not a waste of time. Let me, let, me, let me give you a counter uh, argument. Um, uh, what if, you know, what if we were collecting data from all these, all these devices, right? Now we have, now we have more places where we can see the network traffic and figure out what's going on. Sure. Right. There, there, there have been, um, small devices like a Raspberry Pi that have been used for, uh, you know, IDS uh, sensors, you know, mm -hmm. uh, right. network collection devices. And they work great, um, by the way. Kind, kind of we like are a, not sponsored by Raspberry Pi. Kind of like a, a, a spam port, you know, if you will. Um, so, so those are some advantages, right? You sure, get, you get sure. better data analytics, you get yeah, I mean, more data from but more that's things. But deployed if, by a SOC or well, someone and that, if you, you know. think about <laughs> printers, right? It, if you if you really really think about it, a printer is the original IoT device. Sure. Right. It was probably one of the first devices that were connected to a network because they're faxes and all this other stuff also. Mm -hmm. And if if since they are everywhere, since they already exist and they are already infiltrating corporate environment, and as more IoT things start doing that, you know maybe we need to start having the conversation with our customers about data collection from those devices. Sure, yeah, I mean, the data collection isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, Especially if we're talking about that's where the vulnerabilities exist. Well, right. yeah, sure. Right. For example, we have dealt with some issues with um, multiple warehouses, factory sites, that kind of thing, um, where they have some embedded devices that are consistently triggering certain kinds of alerts. Um, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. <laughs> um, 
And I think if we knew more about their environment, we could help them more simply from a standpoint of, hey, if you have these 50 devices in every single one of your sites, and it's they're always doing this, they're always on the internet, that kind of thing, we can do better anomaly detection because we can get a better baseline on everything that's going on. Not just workstations, not just printers, not just servers, not just firewalls. That kind of thing. You want everything, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely benefits. You know, it, the downside depends. is their attack surface is growing right. because there's more devices to worry about. But it, it depends which which whose eyes you're looking at it through. You know, if you, yeah. general IT guy, hey, now not oh, only yeah. do you have BYOD for kid you know, in the trenches that's fixing printers and Adobe problems all day, he doesn't care. Uh, right, true. But <laughs> there we go, full circle again. Right. You know, and that's how you end up with a you know an administrator account on a printer. Sure. Right. <laughs> so I, I think the point so, is, it so, could so be beneficial in the right maybe. situation. It's a right. Maybe. maybe. Okay, so we're kind of mm, up in the air about that. Okay. It, it, it's got advantages and disadvantages. I don't think it's good or bad in either direction, but... All right. Anyone have anything else to leave? I, I, wanna, I, I do want to talk about um, cars. Okay, you can, have, can I talk about you cars? Have, yeah, sure. Let's talk about you cars. You have 15 yes, seconds. Uh, like self-driving cars. Uh, it really, really excite me. I hate cars very, very much. Um, You're very passionate. They, they kill people. Cars no, no. kill more people. Yes, the other people driving the cars. Blah, 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 I was going to say, I don't hate cars. I hate other drivers. Also, to All hell with traction control. <laughs> <laughs> that thing has tried to kill me more times than anybody else on the road. You're driving the wrong car, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, so, so we, we think about this problem of, you know, Often, not to get too far into the political form, just going a little bit. Um, no. We, we, we people talk about the things that they're scared of, the things that they think will kill them, and usually they talk about the things that are very, 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 very unlikely to kill them, and they completely ignore the things that are very, 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 very likely to kill them, like cars. Cars are very, 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 very likely to kill you. Yes. What self-driving cars? No, or? Ca cars as they exist today. The solution. Well, they are more dangerous than airplanes. The solution. They are probably the. No, people kill people. People kill. Cars don't kill people. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Okay. People can't drive. So, That's my point. People can't drive. Here's what we do. Okay. No, no. Here's what we do. We take the people out of the equation and make the damn cars drive themselves, right, Tim, and that's going to save lives. Yeah. It's got, I'm trying Tim, to save lives here. You're, you're fired from, from the podcast. Tim, let's, let's bring it down a notch, okay? But but now, that's a that's a full circle thing again because let's, let's be people are the issue, right? Programming people are the issue. Security people are the issue. Driving more or less people are the issue. You can have a defective car, but. That's true. That's what we're trying to do. That's why the that's, biggest that's security that's vulnerability what we're trying to do. is that's people. That's what we're doing with this entire IoT. That's this is what this entire discussion is, is about. People suck. People uh, suck. Let's get rid of all the people and make the... Make, let's accept our machine okay, okay. overlords. <laughs> I was about to okay. say, let's go with the unlikely scenario that Terminator is a thing. It is. <laughs> and suddenly we have Google. He came back from the future. All right. What is your point? My point is... <laughs> My point is that self-driving cars are the future. They will save lives. They are the probably the biggest connected device that has the most obvious positive benefit for the entirety of society, and they're getting uh, not not the traction that they deserve. Well, to move on from that, to do one last, my last point. Something right. I, I looked up that was pretty close. Being of life-saving was uh, that's also scary. As I, I happened to come across yesterday, I guess now they're doing. Uh, 
internet-connected pacemakers. Oh, so doctors yes. could get information, see how things are going. You know, oh, long-term yeah. goals are like, hey, if, if you're having an issue or a heart attack, like, we could call 911. And that's, that's amazing, right? So, like, you start to have a heart attack. You start to panic. You, Am I having a heart attack? And you know you always hear people die because they weren't sure if they're having a heart attack. Sure. Then they call 911. They get their, they get to the hospital. Right. Maybe they live. Maybe there's damage. Maybe they die. But it's like the second you don't feel well, or maybe before you know you don't feel well, you have an Internet-connected device that triggers 911. Mm-hmm. And by the time you realize you're having a heart attack, they're possibly at your door. But the other thing I learned was that those are not secured at all. And, you know, it's, it's all theoretical, but you could trigger that to cause, you know, if, it, if it's the pacemakers there to you know, jumpstart the heart, it could be maliciously triggered to stop the heart. I actually read something along that same line not too long ago about, and it was purely hypothetical. I don't think anybody had actually started doing it yet. Um, but the theory behind securing those was you have a randomly generated ID or passcode of some kind, and it's actually tattooed on the person above the pacemaker. So the only people who are ever going to see it are going to be doctors, nurses, whatever, or family members, whatever, that kind of thing. Unless you've got that camera in Grandma's bathroom. Unless you got that camera <laughs> in Grandma's bathroom. Then they're going to blackmail her and be like, we're going to set your pacemaker off and let you do this. Right. So, but, and, and I think that's a great idea. It's great. It's, I mean... Then the problem is it's connected to the internet. So right. so so here's the thing. One one is that pacemakers as they exist right now are extremely vulnerable and sensitive to interference. interference yeah, correct. Right. So yes, there's a proximity factor to it, but if you get close enough to a person with a pacemaker, you can kill them. Period. Right. The other factor is it will save. It, will, it, it I guarantee you it will save more people than will be harmed by it. It will it will do more good than harm. But I think that's a good coming towards an end statement there, you know, you say like, it's worth the risk, right? So that's the entire, that, that covers everything we've talked to. That's the entire IOT, right? Like me having a completely connected house is worth the risk that something's going to happen, you know? So what we've right. learned today is people suck and should be replaced by machines. And it's worth the risk of those machines rising up and taking us out Terminator style. I guess it really depends <laughs> on, on your use right. case and your needs. Is that- I don't need IOT. I'm staying away from it. For as long as humanly possible. Is that what you were gonna say? That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> I'm good with that. That's that's that's. And, and I'm, I'm okay with like slow metered adoption. All right. Is, is, is that a wrap? That's something's wrapped. Well, it's no Run DMC, but <laughs> oh, it's it's something. Not, I'll retract that question. <laughs> okay. Hop, hippie to the hippie to the hip hip poppadito. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.